0: Alright, and welcome to another episode of The Wire uh, Today we are short of Tim, but we are joined with Alex How you doing, buddy? What's going on, Tyler? Alright, so today we're going to hop into a uh, little bit of right and wrong We can run our little lap here, I guess, with some of the waiver Wire ads we got a good fantasy, dynasty debate going on And we are going to jump into the Wave of Wire ads of the week Let's do it yeah yeah It's yeah. the wire It's the wire D. Griffey, this the wire, serving up a hot take. Around the league, serving gems like a hot plate. Who's the flex, first pick, rounds four to eight. Trading with the base, that's Superman, we need a cake. This that fantasy, see who get the glory. Who's gonna stay up in they lane talking Tory? Who's gonna ride up on the train, where the hype at? Yeah, you wanna start them, but matches, you might not like that. Three tutties next week, man, he's double-covered. Takes on a hundred, coming out the oven. Tim and Todd, they the guys, know you gotta love them. Take your pick, do it quick, they on fire. The
1: Wire.
0: All right, so Alec, how you doing today, boss?
1: I'm good. It's really weird without Tim and you're doing the intro. and. You know, I thought you did really good. You know, out of 10, I'd probably give you like a six and a half. Um, Tim's usually got nine or 10. He's, he just comes loaded with energy that, you know, I I don't want to say you were missing, but it it was there. It was there. But you, you'll get there over time, um, especially with no Tim.
0: Yeah, it looks like we got something to strive for then. How's that?
1: Yeah, improvement. Always, always want <laughs> to improve.
0: That's going to be the thing. We're going to have to do weekly criticism. How's that?
1: Yeah, it's better when Tim's here, though, so that way we can make fun of whatever he's doing. Oh, that's always better. It's kind of low-hanging fruit, though, I guess. Yeah, but it still makes my day go by. It's true. Yeah, there's something to look forward to, especially on a, a long Monday after your team gets dominated by Russell Wilson and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, yeah,
0: those days always hurt. I'm still battling all the injuries. It's just been a nightmare. Um I- I- I don't e think I lost every one of my redraft leagues this week. It's just
1: painful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm once again the Will Smith um pain um meme. That's just me. It's I really had a fighting chance and then and then Russell Wilson stepped in and kept throwing touchdowns after touchdown after touchdown. And I was like, Well, you know, I'm still okay. Like I got Kelsey tonight and Marquise Brown, I just need to survive Alvin Kamara and uh, then Alvin Kamara scorched the earth on fire. Yeah, and here we are, gonna lose, but as long as my team's healthy going into next week, that's all right.
0: I mean, I'm holding on to a tiny bit of hope. I got, I'm up ten in one league, and I'm going against um, Jackson tonight, and I've got Andrews, so mm. I, I'm praying that I might pull something off there. Yeah, sounds. I, I don't know. I would. I would be holding my breath, very... <laughs>
1: the, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's not much hope there, but we're we're going for it. Yeah, It should be an awesome matchup tonight, though. I kind of, I can't wait. Even though I'm out of it, I don't, I don't care. I just can't wait to watch this. No, this is just going to be high quality football. This is going to be such a good game.
0: Yeah, every everyone's marking this down as the game of the year already. Could be. Oh, for sure. Um, but all right. You want to start with our victory laps? I, I think we should touch on who we kind of hit on last week, and maybe we could talk on, about some implications on some of the guys that did hit and some of the guys that uh that didn't
1: hit so well. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you know what? I'll lead it off um, with Daryl Henderson. Um, oh, you liked him. I did, yeah. I really liked him. I, I added him in a lot of leagues. Um, started him in a bunch of leagues. Um, you know, I, I think on paper, it was really nice to see he went over 100 yards and had a touchdown, which. Rear day for him but if you watched him run I mean they were down 20 points and still giving him the ball he was very much part of the offense they did not want to give up on on the run game in that game that's probably he's the reason they won that game yesterday like I know golf hit all the throws and you know the defense made some stops but Henderson was the reason the Rams won and Sean McVay is not going to forget that quickly he ran with power he ran, ran with speed he looked great. He wasn't being tackled by arm tackles. You know, he he. I don't know how many broken tackles he had, but there was quite a few. And Henderson's going to be a huge part of that Rams offense moving forward. And, um, uh, you know, if 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 the person in your league with Henderson just looks at the box score and he's like, "Oh, I've got a good asset," but he's not sure how good, I would go out and target in a trade, or if he's still available on waivers, I would spend a lot of fab on him.
0: For sure. And you know what to add to that? I, I saw a stat today and it was actually kind of interesting is that the Rams as a team right now are like the third highest ranking in rushing attempts per game right now, or, or in something in that vague sense that where they're just pounding the ball. And where most years did, it's usually been about a 50 50 split for them where they're trying to lean on the run game first and try to play action off of it, it seems like this year. So Henderson might have been a really good ad for for anybody that picked him up. And I mean, he had a monster day, like you said,
1: 20 attempts, 114 and a touchdown. Um, yeah. He just looks so different. I don't know if he was hurt last year or what the deal was. He didn't get any run really either. So it's tough to compare him. but I can't imagine that this version of Daryl Henderson existed when you had Malcolm Brown and, and Todd Gurley taking snaps as they were last year. I don't, I don't know what happened. Not sure. Maybe, you know, he just That's worked year hard and something in the water out there, but he, uh, he looked fantastic. He really did.
0: Yeah, for sure. So the next one was Mike Davis. And I think he was the one that everybody was really hoping was going to hit on, especially people that had CMC and spent a ton of fab to go out and get him. Um, he had a nice big day too, um, with 13 touches, 46 yards, eight catches on nine targets for another 45 and a touchdown. Um, but I think what everyone was really surprised on and I think I was one of them was to see him get the 13 attempts. Um, he was involved in every asset of the game and it wasn't and a lot of i mean it wasn't like he had a cheap te- cheesy touchdown. he went out and that he earned that touchdown he went out wherefore he made people miss he he looked really good in that in, in the role that they put him in and I think he's going to be very productive wide receiver um r b two at a minimum of flex play. For for anybody that did pick him up and for the guys that picked him up to to kind of supplement CMC, I think he's going to be solid.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, the one thing with Mike Davis I was looking out for with the targets. Um, I think he got, what, 11 last week or so, and then he picked up another nine this week. It was um, eight last week. It was eight last week, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, he picked up a ton of targets last week. He picked up nine this week, which led the team. Like, he had more targets than than DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Um, I mean, he had more targets than than DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel combined. Um, So, you know, Mike Davis getting all the receiving work is great. Um, One thing that might not bode well for him in the long term, of course, CMC wants to come back. But, you know, they won this game against the Chargers on on Sunday. And um, if they continue to win, CMC probably comes back quicker. Um, but if they can, you know, if they can lose some games, this might be Mike Davis's season to just kind of go out there and do his thing. I mean, you know, if if the Panthers are one and six or one and seven by the time McCaffrey gets back, well, they're probably just going to be like, okay, kind of ease them into the lineup, and you might get that get that extra week or two heading into the end, end of the season with Mike Davis in your lineup, and then once CMC comes back, we know it could be a hundred percent. Um, so you know, keep it, you know, keep tabs on what the re- record for the Panthers. Um, ends up when cmc is kind of starting to come back um but yeah the nine targets for mike davis is what really stood out to me and um you'll have to see it yeah sure he
0: was uh, a pleasant surprise a lot more involved than i thought he was going to be um and to add to your note with cmc um their bye week is in on week 13 Mm. so like you're saying they're saying he was out what and he six four so that's going to put him back around, what are we at? Week, week seven, week, week eight. eight, somewhere in that and, range. Yeah. So if he's not healthy, I mean, there could be that case where they where they stretch him out, kind of like what happened with Camaro, totally healthy. They they sat him an extra week or two um, just so he would get healthy because they don't want to hurt his long-term value. So there is a good possibility
1: that, that does happen if they do start losing games. My ankle's brains are no joke, man. I mean, Barkley last year, he looked like the world's worst running back when he was trying to play through playthrough injury. He I think he had a game where he had like a couple yards rushing against the Bucks, if I remember that right. It's Oh yeah. It's it's, it's tough, especially and especially how McCaffrey plays. He's so explosive through his cuts that it's just oh, yeah. so, it can very well hinder. <laughs> you for sure. Yeah. He you know, I think most players need their ankles, but McCaffrey especially needs his ankles. Yeah.
0: So the next guy we got to, we kinda to hit on and we touched on last week was McKinnon. Um he had a nice sneakily quiet solid day though with fourteen attempts, thirty-eight yards and a touchdown, and had caught three of four targets for another thirty-nine yards.
1: Um he had fifty four.
0: Oh just, no, sorry, sorry, it is McKinnon. I'm sorry, I'm looking at Jeff Wilson. Yep. Um speaking of Jeff Wilson, he also had a nice solid day, odd day though. Um for twelve attempts with fifteen yards for a touchdown, three catches for fifty-four yards and a touchdown. Um, I guess the thing to stay with them is is that McKinnon did get hurt somewhere along in this game. It looks like it's a rib injury. Um, so that might be something worth monitoring. Um
1: I guess I should have said lead running back Jeff Wilson there, because again, another forty nine is running back going down with injury. Uh, I mean, McKinnon had a fine day, right? He had his touchdown all good and well, but Jeff Wilson kind of feels like Aaron Jones light at this point where you can almost rely on a touchdown from him. Really you can rely on any, on a touchdown from any 49ers running back, but specifically Jeff Wilson at this point, he seems to just have a nose for the end zone. That's kind of what he was known for before the season started. Nobody thought he would get work at this point, but you know, even last week, you know, a lot of the speculation was, well, if Jeff Wilson's there, he's going to get the goal line work. And, you know, he had two more touchdowns just to add to it. And, um, you know, if you're in a pinch and you need a flex spot, and we could kind of talk about this later, but, um, you know, Jeff, I think Jeff Wilson might be the, the guy to have on your roster after after this week, at least for now. For sure. Um, so to wrap up this quick little segment,
0: um, I think we can all say that the Giants were absolutely atrocious. None of
1: their backs were fantasy relevant um i think we told you that just for what it's worth tim if you're listening i think we told tyler that oh, none of no. the giants running backs are, are worth having on your team so no matter what tim says we, i've had multiple
0: conversations with him with he's he was with me he's the one that sold me on the fact that we both, both thought that lewis was going to be relevant because he was going to get the passing work he can say whatever he wants but he was with me on that thought um, i know i was out You would vividly
1: remember being out on any Giants running back. Don't care what their name was. It could have been Ahmad Bradshaw or I don't even, Tiki Barber. He even played for the Giants. I think he did. Tiki Barber played for the Giants for a little while, I believe. I don't even know who the best running back for the Giants is of all time. And I feel like I'm going to get shamed for this on Twitter. I can't think of it right now. But (laughs) I don't care if Michael Strahan came back as a running back. I wasn't picking him up.
0: No, I guess you were right on that one. We definitely should have left them alone, and so should everybody listen to this, because God,
1: were they awful. See? See, at least one of the three of us can read the Giants' backfield. Yeah, yeah. It certainly wasn't me. <laughs> All right, so uh, the main topic of, of today's of today's little chat here is about Dynasty. Um, you know, at this point, a lot of people listening might be redraft players, but let's sprinkle in some Dynasty talk. and. Um, you know, we can kind of talk about how we feel about our rosters, and maybe maybe talk about a philosophy of running backs versus wide receivers. Um, when it comes to dynasty trades, or even if you're starting out in a dynasty. But for this focus, you know, we're midseason, so we'll talk about some trades. So, um, so I'll just I'll, I'll lay an example out there, and uh, I recently traded James Robinson, uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, he's Said they're really great games. I think he said 22 to 25 touches a game. He's had you know four or five touchdowns. He's looked, he's looked stupendous, he's looked great. He's, he, you know, I have questions about draft equity, but sometimes scouts just miss. Um, and I think James Robinson can be really legit in this league. And I also moved Tyler Boyd, who seemingly is now Joe Burrow's number one receiver, um, for. DJ Moore, who coming into the season was a probably top eight dynasty asset at the wide receiver position, if not higher, um, depending on whose rankings you were looking at, really. For me, he was top eight. Um, so that, that trade happened Saturday, and then, of course, I lost to the guy who I traded with, then I lost to Tyler Boyd. Um, that sounds about fantasy at this point. So, Tyler, you know, let's, let's tell the world about your thoughts and your philosophy on running backs versus wide receivers when it comes to dynasty.
0: So like Alex kind of said, we we've been going back and forth on this conversation on what is actually more important when you're building a dynasty roster. Um, And and this even kind of transfers over to redraft a little bit too. Um, For me, my argument has always been that running backs are more important. Um, And from just from my research and the things that I've watched, there's always going to be more fans. Fantasy relevant and fantasy productive wide receivers, where you're going to get plenty of production out of them, um, compared to running backs. So I did a little bit of diving today, and I took a standard. So I went for players that score over 200 points, which is typically about 12 points a game. Um, last year there was 25 wide receivers who scored 200 points or more, compared to only 17 that had scored. 200 points or more for running backs right off the back. Then when you get into So you're it, saying the position's deeper. The position's much deeper. But also when you get into it a little bit more, and I started to compare the top 10 to the next to the bottom from the top 10, from 1 through 10 to 10 from 11 to 20 and compared what the average point scores were between the two of them. And for running backs last year, the average point scored from the top 10 was 299 points. And compared from 11 to 20, it was a 215, an 84-point difference between the top 10 and the, and the bottom, and then the top 20. How was that? What was the time frame for this? This was the from last year. OK. Compared to when you come across and you do the same for the wide receivers, the top 10 for wide receivers average 272 points for the year where the from eleven to twenty averaged two hundred and twenty nine, a forty three point difference. So I think what my point here is, is that when you break it down, running backs end up being worth more because there's fewer of them and the top tier of them are always going to outproduce more than what the, the top tier wide receivers are going to do, where you're going to get very similar production from the bottom from eleven to thirty that you are from 1 to
1: 10. Yeah, and I think it's a valid argument if you're building short-term. Right? Like, if you join a Dynasty League and you want to win now, you don't really care for the future, and, you know, that should always be your strategy, is to win this year. Like, I don't want to go into a Dynasty draft where I go, well, I'll sacrifice my entry fee this year and and win it in three years from now. Because anything can happen in three years from now, you could draft you know, you, you could draft D.J. Moore and, and, you know, all these young studs and get hurt. Now you're stuck with this team that you don't want anymore and whatever. Um, you're not really enjoying your experience. Right. So I get the redraft side of things. You know, if you want to win this year, yes, go get your running backs, 100%. Tyler, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Who was the number one fantasy running back in 2014? Um...
0: I don't even know off the top of my head. He
1: actually still plays today, and when I say today, I mean literally was signed just a few days ago, Devonta Freeman. He was, uh, by my count, here looking, it looks like he was the number one fantasy running back. Do you know who the number two fantasy wide receiver was? That would be Julio Jones, who continues to produce at a high clip. So when we talk about philosophy, philosophy of of wide receivers versus running backs Mm is it i think it's a lot more valuable to have upper echelon receivers or at least build your team around receivers because you can go out next year and you can find undrafted free agent james robinson wave a wire or you can make a trade where you give up a first round pick and yeah that first round pick might be cd lamb or jerry judy but you're getting Aaron Jones in return because Aaron Jones is on a contract so if you build your team around these stud wide receivers your Julio Joneses your you know I keep saying DJ Moore because I have a fetish at this point (coughs) um and I just keep trading and drafting for him um but you know if you build your team around these top receivers who play on decent enough offenses getting the target volume you know you can rely on them for years and years and years You're gonna get a longer shelf life out of your wide receivers. So now you get eight years out of DJ Moore, and that's you know, you might draft a Ronald Jones this year and it hasn't panned out. So you go out and get Naheem Hines and you can fill these running back spots over time. And you know, look at look at Devonta Freeman. He was number two in twenty fourteen, but how long was his shelf life? Two, three years? And you know, you get two
0: go ahead. Well, for me, I think that's what makes them more valuable is that they're okay, their shelf life is shorter. So that means you need to hit on these guys now and while they while they are good. Because I, I get what you're saying with Julio, yeah, he was the top two, but that top two doesn't mean anything when if you're drafting him in the first round and I can get very similar production in rounds two and three and four, where with like guys last year that were outside the top twenty five were Calvin Ridley, Metcalf.
1: Um, yeah, but don't forget here. Hill, Dal- um, Brandon Brooks. You only get one draft, right? You only no. get your one draft, and then you get your rookie draft. So you better hit on your rookie wide receivers. You know, if you had a dynasty league last year, there was a shot, and and you know, I I'm not sure anybody would admit to it at this point, but you might have taken Andy Isabella with Kyler Murray before you took DK Metcalf, like what happened in the real NFL draft. Oh, for so sure. now you. Now you're stuck with I know Andy Isabel just had a really good game, but you know let's say you drafted your stud running backs, you're relying on your your younger wide receivers. Well, you just took Christian McCaffrey, okay, well he's hurt. Took Saquon Barkley, well he's hurt. And you know you know you can flip the script and talk about Mike Thomas, but Mike Thomas at 27 having a high ankle sprain versus I don't know uh, let's say Kenyon Drake got a high ankle sprain. I put a lot more value in Michael Thomas return from injury than I do Kenyon Drake because you know because a the depth chart you've got Chase Edmonds you've got all these outside factors that are out of your control or my control but now it's like okay well Kenyon Drake's starting to get over the hill he's going to be 27 28 how much longer does he really have and when we look at somebody like a Michael Thomas you know 28 years old you know you you can still get three four five maybe six good years out of him and or- maybe two to three out of top level Without a doubt. But I think my
0: point here is that you're going to be able to find that same production, if not very similar production year in and year out, because it seems like every year now we're getting five, four or five wide receivers that come out and pop and where you're not getting that with running backs. We're getting one or two most years. And if you don't have them, you're shit out of luck and you have no shot at winning. And I think that's kind of my point is that you can you can plug and play with guys you can go get Diggs and Juju and and whoever else, and get very similar production out of you that you're getting out of Thomas and whoever. But if you don't have Zeke Kamara or Barkley in a normal year, and you're you you're stuck with guys like Singletary and um,
1: Monty or whoever, you're you're not even competing at that point. Oh, Monty's running great right now. i take a team with Monty and Mike Thomas. Okay. And I was hating on Monty, but I get what you're saying. But, in yeah, it, it
0: looks good on people right now, but it, when you look at it the, at the end of the year, what's Monty going to finish with? Monty's never even come close to cracking the top 20.
1: Well, he's only had the one year, and I, I don't think – I think he finished top 24 last year, Tyler. I don't think he was that far out. Uh, Monty's a top 20 running back, for sure. I, no question. He He's getting the work. I, I guess that's neither here nor there. Let's not rabbit hole into – yeah, but to you, David Montgomery, but I get what you're saying. Um, but you know, it, it for me, it comes down to shelf life. And, and you know, if I'm drafting, if I'm in a dynasty and I start a league with, I don't know, say Aaron Jones and, and Kenyon Drake, which is possible this year. It may have happened to someone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I, I do have this one really good year. What are my receivers going to look like? Well, I better hope that I drafted a Tyler Boyd later, I Better hope that I drafted, um, maybe Deontay Johnson I was kind of out ahead of the, the curve on him or um, you know one of those other guys to really to really make my team really good but um, in two to three years from now when my team is is led by Deontay Johnson and Tyler Boyd am I gonna love that maybe maybe not but I'd rather I don't know I'd rather take the earlier wide receivers and and you know build my team around guys that's the thing like no one's saying you're going to win a championship this year if you take the best wide receivers. But if you want a consistent chance to win your league year in and year out, you take those wide receivers early in, in your dynasty drafts, or you trade for those wide receivers when you have the opportunity to, because you're going to be in the thick of it year in and year out, because you're going to have Kenny Galladay, You're going to have Chris Godwin. You're going to have these top echelon guys that are going to, put up a lot of points for you to where now you can focus on filling your running back spots with, you know, maybe you do get a stud in the draft or maybe you took, you know, maybe you have James Robinson from the the waiver wire, or maybe you're doing okay with Naheem Hines. Maybe you can trade for Aaron Jones. You know, there's a lot of options. You know, you could definitely do that at the wide receiver position too. Don't get me wrong. But as far as longevity with your roster and year in and year out competing, with running backs, you're going to have a, a shorter window. If you build your team around running backs, you're going to have a very short window compared to what you will have with top wide receivers.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So I guess the point here where we end up is, is that if you're going to drill, go heavy on wide receivers, yeah, you'll be competitive long-term, but odds are that you're going to have a very hard time winning, where I think with a running back, you're going to have a much better shot at coming out in the, in the next year or two, and you're going to have a good shot at winning compared to somebody else that doesn't have them because the drop off
1: from the top to the bottom is so huge. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, it is. It, you know, I think if, you know, if you're joining a league with a bunch of buddies that you know the Dynasty League is and, you know, I and where I'm going with this is recommendations. You know, if you're joining a league that you know is going to last a long time, if you're in a league that's going to last a very long time, take James Robinson and flip him for a wide receiver. Every year we're going to have James Robinson. And it, it, you know, especially if your team needs it. Mm. Um, but if you're going into a dynasty to drive, sell oh, you're a trade at this point, I am trying to sell my trade. It was a it was a stupendous trade. I'm so <laughs> happy with DJ Moore. You no, know, oh, but if you're Jesus. if you're going into a dynasty league with a bunch of guys you might not know or a bunch of people you might know, not know, or you know, maybe dynasty's not for you, you're just giving it a shot. Yeah, take those running backs early because everyone by week six is gonna be knocking on your door for a running back trying to offer up the best wide receiver. Um and go out win your league in year one and then, you know, if you don't come back in year two. I, I mean I wouldn't recommend that. It's kind of a trashy a move, but you know, if that's you know, if dynasty is just not your cup of tea and you want to try it out for a year, get your running backs. Get your running backs in there, win your league and um, you know, go back the next year or or, or don't. I don't particularly care, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's really bad dynasty advice. You should always go back, don't be that guy. But I get am just what you're saying, saying there's
1: people out there. I gotta oh, no. you know, I think this podcast has to you know it has to reach everyone, Tyler. We can't just focus on all the good people in the world. There's not so good people too, and they, they play fantasy football just as well.
0: well they suck ass in anyway.
1: How's that? <laughs> that was
0: Tyler, not 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 Alex. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. I will take full credit for that. I got no problem with it. I'm always down for a good argument if
1: everybody hasn't noticed yet. <laughs> for sure. Now, your thoughts on the philosophy moving forward? Would you Would you agree that's kind of where we can compromise here? Yeah, I, I think that's fair.
0: I think that's a good way to leave it. Um, and, and I guess it really does come down to what your what your end goal is, and if you want to what what you what you're trying to go with that
1: season. How's that? Is that's a better way to yeah. Put it? Yeah, it is a better way to put it. You're not going to leave your league after one year. But if you want to win it this year and then just go into re- rebu- rebuild mode in two or three years, take your running backs now because, you know, at least you won it the first year.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, so, I guess the last topic we have to jump into this week is who the big waiver wire ads going to be this week. Um, I think we have a little bit of difference in opinion on some of them. Um, But I think for the most part, there's a lot of good players to be out to be had still at this point. Um, So I guess I can... This one, and I think this is one we we kind of defer on, is I think Justin Jefferson is going to be the ad of the week. Um, I think everybody's going to go out and get him. And I don't know if it's going to be a smart play. I think it might be a reaction-type play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I still think Phelan's going to be the number one there. But I think he's going to have... He'll at least be the number two option there. And he'll probably be a wide receiver three for most people, but I, I think everyone's going to react and go after him.
1: Yeah, um, Jefferson definitely. You know, of the guys we're going to mention here, Jefferson's probably the most talented. He beautiful route runner. I mean, the fastest player on that team. He, you know, he's see in targets, he's seeing time, and it's really coming. It really came together for him against you know not a super tough defense for the Titans, but definitely you know a You know, not worth noting either. Yeah, like they're they're fine. Um, they're weak, little weak at corner, and you know, a lot of attention was on Cook and and um and Thielen there. Um, you know, I like Jefferson as an ad. I think you you know if he's there, you you pick him up. I, with the way wide receivers are, and you know what we just talked about is how deep the wide receiver position is. I wouldn't drop a ton of fab on Justin Jefferson. I mean, I I probably wouldn't go more than ten percent of your budget um just because in week four we're going to get another guy who breaks out and we go oh now we want him kind of the shiny new cho- you know when wide receivers break out and they're on the wave of wire it's the shiny new toy effect where you know awesome he's going to be great this week but is he going to be great consistently i don't think so he's right you know he's going to be the the most added player but he's not my top ad sure um so I guess the next
0: one we're going to have to talk about in that, that kind of falls into that same category, I think is Greg Ward. Um, he had a nice big day, 11 targets, eight catches for 72 yards and a touchdown.
1: Uh, uh I Greg think, Ward again.
0: Uh... I, I guess that's the the never ending circle we're going to have with all these Philly wide wide receivers is that one every week, somebody's going to have a big game because they just have no other option. Um, and it could, and every week it's going to change because they're just a mess. I mean, as far as it goes right now, I think he's their best option. With Riga hurt, it looks like DJX is hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, Goddard's hurt now. Um, they're potentially getting um, wow. Drawing a blank. What's his face? What's his Did name? you mention
1: Goddard? Inj- Goddard's injury too.
0: Yep, Goddard. Yeah, he has a high ankle sprain. So, um, and Jeffrey. Right, you're going to mention Jeffrey. Jeffrey, Jesus, that's who I was drawing a blink on. Jeffrey looks like he's coming back to practice
1: this week. He could be active. Yeah, was, so that's who I was gonna mention. I you know, I'm all set on Greg Ward. He's I don't know what he is, but he's not gonna be on my starting team. Um Alshon Jeffrey is the better pickup to me. He and Carson Wentz have this really great connection. And with the way Carson Wentz has been playing, he is begging for Alshon John, Alshon Jeffrey to, to practice at this point. Um, Alshon John Jeffrey. I like that. It's a nice little <laughs> nickname for him. Alshon John. Um, yeah. No, but you know, I think he's begging for Alshon to be back, and I don't blame him. Um, you know, Jeffrey definitely over his over the hill at this point with injuries and age and everything else, but he's going to be there as a red zone target. And he if Miles needs- Sanders can get him there.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, they just need something to kind of help settle him down and get him some consistency because he's just. Everything is a mess over there right now. It, it's sad to see because I, I really had high hopes for that team.
1: I did too. I, I really liked Carson Wentz. Um, I will say I'm glad I took Stafford over Wentz in a lot of leagues. and Yeah, it's um, paying off right now, especially it, with Galladay coming back now. Yep, yep, for sure. But, yeah, Wentz has probably been the most disappointing player in the NFL at this point. Um, I I can't think of anyone else who has come in with – that this high of expectations to to really suck yeah i mean he's been i think it was the
0: worst with yards per attempt at this point point, like this year so it's
1: it's pretty bad right now it, it can't get much worse joe burrow's so good He he's just so incredible i was watching that game and and i don't want to go into a joe burrow love fest and if he's on your waiver wire grab him immediately like maybe he's somebody we should talk about but I was watching that game and midway through the first, Joe Burrow took that big hit, or maybe it was a second. Took that big hit. He the offense was slow. He had thirty six yards at one point or something. Um that hit, it thought he was out. Like I didn't think he was gonna come back at all. And then he came back and scorched the Eagles defense that had kind of shot him down to like think they get, get three hundred and twelve passing yards and um he was night and day after that hit. So I think he just got really mad at the Eagles defense for, for hitting him that hard. And he just <laughs> lit them put it on. up. Yeah. It really was like that. Like I 100% expected. So I started Joe Burrow in a, in a super flex week. I expected Joe Burrow's day to be done. Either he was going to be out to injury or he was just kind of going to be mentally checked out. I mean, if I got hit like that, I I wouldn't come back either. Um, I probably wouldn't be here if I got hit like that, to be honest. <laughs> um No, he got that hit, and I'm like, all right, one of two things. He's either out for the game, or he's kind of going to mentally check out. Right. Then he threw for like 300 yards and two touchdowns in the second half. It was insane. Yeah, so go, really... go get Joe Burrow.
0: Every game I watch him, he just kind of impresses me more and more. I was definitely wrong on
1: that take on him. Definitely I had him... Wrong. I think I came on this podcast. And oh, you I, did. I called for a top like eight seasons from Joe Burrow, and we are well on our way. And I am thrilled.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was bold, and it seems like it's going to be right. So
1: leave it in yep. a D. We'll see. That's why people should listen to me? No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. On that note, wait, who move is on. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, all right. You know, what? let's just stick with the Bengals. You know, what? I think that's a great segue. Okay. T Higgins. That's my number one pickup. That's, you know, if I'm going to go get a receiver, and again, I'm not going to spend the world on him, but he's been kind of eased into the offense the past few weeks. He saw some targets last week, he Saw nine targets this week, and I don't remember a time where he was really off the field. You know, I don't have anything to back out, back that as far as, like, numbers, but it just felt like he was on the field for big plays, big third downs, end zone. He was all over the field, and um, he has a real connection, I think, with with Joe Burrow, and Look, everybody's putting their hopes on AJ Green and, and I think that was fun about in, in twenty fifteen and it's sad to say. But I think this is the Tyler Boyd and, and T. Higgins offense with the defense as bad as it is, Burrow throwing the ball fifty times a game. I want I want T. Higgins on, on so many of my teams. Yeah, I, I, I have to kind of agree with you here. Um
0: the two touchdowns really is what jumped at me. He uh I was not expecting that to come out of, come out of from, he had nothing last week and then to come out and have five catches. The yardage wasn't great with 40, but the two touchdowns shows me that, that Barrow's really trusting him at this point. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I agree with you. I think it is going to be him and, and Boyd for the, for the season. And I think that, and I said this before we even got on here is that I think that they're going to end up trading green before the deadline. And it does become completely all about Higgins
1: and Boyd. Yeah, for sure. And like I said earlier, Justin Jefferson's probably more talented than than T Higgins at this point. He's a little more polished as a receiver. But if the we're looking at the situation might common- be better though. Sorry. The situation might be better though. Right, exactly. If we're looking at if we're looking at, you know, skill plus opportunity, I think I think T Higgins gets the heavier gets the the bigger upside or, or he's just the better play I think at this point than, than Justin Jefferson because that offense could take Dalvin Cook and run him thirty-five times and melt the clock or whatever. But then again, the Vikings defense has been bad. So um, you know, we'll kind of see. But I I like T-, T. Higgins quite a bit.
0: I agree completely. Um I guess while we're on this well, we'll talk about other rookie wide receivers that had a nice big day was Ayuk. Um he's gonna be an interesting one. He he went for three attempts for 31 rushing yards and a touchdown and then had caught five of eight targets for another 70 yards. He was the focal point, pretty much, of that San Francisco attack. Um, So he's someone that you're definitely going to want to pay attention to. But I don't – he's, again, like Alex was saying before, I don't know if I would spend a lot of fab on him because you got Kittle coming back probably this week, um, and it looks like Debo's coming back this week also. So this offense could look totally different next week. but well, he does look like he's gonna be a good prospect. He looks like he's someone that you may want to stash if you if he's is there and you have the space for him,
1: um, because he looks dynamic. Yep. I'm fine with the with the stash here. Um I wouldn't spend more than five percent of fab, and if somebody else wants him to drop him in week eight, they're more than welcome to. Um the thing with IUK is is maybe I'm wrong about him. He's given me very Curtis Samuel what could have been vibes. Um it, You know, everybody's high on Curtis Samuel, myself included, and it hasn't worked out for him, but it seems like I might be projecting my Curtis Samuel love onto Brandon Ayuk, even though I was kind of down on him um, going into the season. I didn't think he was much of a route runner, et cetera, but, you know, the the Niners need him. Um, You know, they're up big in this game, so they were able to give Ayuk some opportunity in in kind of a blowout win, and, um, you know, definitely a confidence builder at the very least, and look... For what it's worth, I, I saw this stat earlier. I don't remember who it was, so sorry I can't give you the shout-out. But I, I think I saw Jimmy Jimmy G has averaged 240 passing yards over his career, while Nick Mullins has averaged almost 300. Wow. So that's a look, you might actually be getting more production with Nick Mullins than you are with Jimmy G. For sure. That's a big that's a big difference. That's a really big difference. That's something definitely worth noting.
0: Um so to round out the wide receivers though. I think the big one that really could be a, an interesting one for this week, and I say this week and I preface this week only, um, <laughs> Cole Beasley. He's been sneakily good. He's averaging – he's gone three weeks of six-plus targets. Um, he went seven, He went six for seven this week for 100 yards. But I think the thing to note here is that John Brown is hurt. Um, and I don't know how serious that injury is. But if he does miss time, Beasley becomes the second option behind Diggs there and is gonna gonna get a ton
1: of volume next week if he if Brown is out. If you could fill your roster with Latavius Murray and and Cole Beasley, I really think you would. I really do. I think you would fill your roster with all the Latavius Murrays and all the all the Cole Beasley's in the world, I can't do it. I'm not spending a single dollar. I can't say that. It's bad advice.
0: The opportunity's think, there.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I got to overlook my, my own, like, boring <laughs> players to me I struggle with. But, yeah. No, I think he's an ad, right? Like, I, I think he's going to get work. You know, if if we're going to add Scotty Miller, Cole Beasley definitely, definitely needs to be added on a, a Josh Allen, like, 6,000-yard passing season at this point. So. Right. um with John Brown out yeah no I think Cole Beasley's a really great sneaky play especially in PPR leagues fire him up in your flex if you have you know some injuries you're dealing with especially mm-hmm. like nobody's gonna want Cole Beasley and he's and a free he's getting, ad
0: that may get you yeah 10 to 15 points next week
1: yeah you really can't go wrong with that it's it's a really great option Tyler uh you know just the more I think about it uh it just it just makes a lot of sense it's it, yeah I don't love it. I don't want him on my team, but no yeah, it's not the I, I think he's play,
0: it, It's a nice thought, Put it this way. the last three weeks he's gone four catches for on seven targets for fifty yards, nine so almost 10 points there. um five catches on six targets for 70 yards, twelve points, and then he went seven targets, six catches for a hundred yards, sixteen points. yeah, so I'll take them all day in my flex. i'm bo- I'm already bored talking about Kobe's. <laughs> Well, on that note, we'll move into the the other interesting one that you're probably not going to like either is Mo Cox. We've talked about him before. I like him.
1: We should talk. I don't about know why him. you said that about me. No, I don't know. He didn't feel like your type of player. Yeah, I like Mo Cox. He's huge. He's like ten feet tall. Yeah, he's a monster. He is a <laughs>
0: monster. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing I think thing about him is I think is he didn't have a monster day. He went three catches on three targets for fifty yards and a touchdown. But they were up so much in the game that they really didn't have to throw the ball a ton. And when the game was still tight, he was very involved. And Jackson was mm. active this game too. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing that you got to note is Doyle was active and he still produced. So he very well could be a very fantasy relevant tight end from the from here on out because we know how much Philip Rivers loves his tight ends.
1: We do. Um, I mean, I have concerns. I think you know you're gonna. I, I think if you need a touchdown play out of your tight end, you could do worse. Um, you know, as much as Jack Doyle was quote-unquote active, active, I don't think he saw a single target. No, he didn't. Um, so, you know, I, I think Jack Doyle is still the first option in this offense as much as Wiley Cox has kind of come out and done his thing. Um, it, he's been impressive over the past two weeks, can't deny it, and maybe he's built kind of a, a chemistry with Rivers in the end zone. Um, but long term, I, you know, I I wouldn't rely on him week in a week out. If like I said, if you need a touchdown out of a tight end, he's he, you could do worse,
0: without a doubt. And I mean, we're talking about a game where, um, Rivers only completed seventeen passes for two hundred seventeen yards. So it wasn't like there was a ton of balls. Nobody had more than four targets. So it wasn't like it was a big passing day for any of them. So it's tough to say what exactly would have played out if it was a close game. The Jets are atrocious, so they didn't need to do anything. But he's definitely somebody worth monitoring and definitely worth a stash if, you, if you're if you short on tight ends.
1: Yeah, and I've got one more tight end to bring up. Um, I, I think somebody who – I don't want to call him a must-add, but he's right there. I think people really need to look at O.J. Howard. Um, Chris Godwin had a hamstring, and, and who knows how long that's going to be. I know Gronkowski saw seven targets, which led the team, but um, – I i really like oj howard i think he's had a much better connection with brady with brady um arian seems to be wanting to get him a little more involved than he did last year and hopefully he doesn't drop any interceptions for brady but i I think oj howard for free pick him up put him on your bench if you have a spot or or in a pinch for a tight end situation i think you could do a lot worse than oj howard
0: yeah i mean if he's sitting there on your bench he's definitely worth somebody you should be looking at we know brady loves his his tight ends also um and he is just so uber talented; it's
1: unbra- unreal. Yeah. he's he's like Mike Gaski. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. if 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 OJ Howard was alone tight end, he would have been drafted. He wouldn't be there. But um, yeah, no, I, I like him a lot. I think you can you can definitely do worse than than OJ Howard, for sure.
0: Um, and I guess the last one we kind of have to talk about here is Carlos Hyde with uh, Chris Carson having that ankle sprain. Um, He's Hyde's probably someone you wanna take a look at, especially if you're in a pinch this week. um He's not a long term solution. looks like Carson's only gonna be out a week or two with the with the sprain um but if you're in a pinch, he very well could be a good ad. um I would just pay attention to the reports that come out throughout the week because um, it looks like Homer could be a little more involved than than what we we may think um but Hyde's definitely somebody that
1: has plenty of talent
0: and very well could produce these next two weeks for you if you need it.
1: I'm not spending much I'm not spending on on Hyde honestly I think he's going to go for too much fab for what he is going to be. I mean, they're just going to pass the ball because Russell Wilson never misses so I mean <laughs> he's okay. um I think another player we we could consider here is and I hate to say it, but Brian Hill from the Falcons. Um, I think I'd rather have, you know, if if the values were equal, I'll take Hyde. But for what you would need to spend on Hyde, I'm gonna take Brian Hill for for free. Um, he had nine carries last week. He was he was involved in the red zone. He saw three targets, which is I think three more than no, it's one more than what Todd Gurley saw. But um, I Todd Gurley was okay. But there, you know, Brian Hill got a lot of work this weekend, and um, does that mean Gurley's knees were, were kind of acting up, or what, you know, what does that mean? And you know, I think that um, in deeper leagues, Brian Hill is somebody that should be should be rostered at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would still touch, I would still take um, Hide over Hill at this mm-hmm. point because you still got Edo Smith over there. Really, yeah. as much as we. He didn't have a ton. They were up. The game was closer than it should have been, so they weren't running a ton. He still had his
1: 14 carries for 80 yards, so it wasn't like he did nothing. Um, well, I'm glad you talked me out of Brian Hill because I don't want to pick up Brian Hill anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I I might stay away from Brian Hill right now.
0: Um, like like you said, hides not a great option. It's not a sexy option. Um, but if you're really in a pinch, if you're Carson owner and you need somebody he's definitely worth somebody that you should definitely be picking up and he's the guy most likely yeah
1: fair so now I think we can kind of move into another section and just kind of looking at unless you was there anybody else you wanted to add to this? no no Otherwise that's we can, all I got cool so to wrap this whole episode up um when you are adding players that means you have to drop someone so um the final final segment here so is to kind of look out for look out for players who got dropped um my number one player to look out for is going to be Darius Slayton. Mm. Um, he had, I believe, seven targets this past week against the Tough Niners defense. Um, the offense is really stuttering along. And look, I get it. it the Giants are just seem, seemingly unplayable at this point. But the first, you know, first few weeks here, Slayton is 22 <laughs> targets. That leads the team um he's produced he has 12 catches for for 188 yards two touchdowns he's getting you know he has a couple 40 yard catches um sorry he has a 40 yard catch and a couple 20 plus yard catches so he's getting big plays um even on a bad offense and um you know the schedule for the giants is tough but it's starting to loosen up a little bit um he's going to get a stretch of you know, he's going to get a stretch of the Rams, Ramsey. which is going to be tough against Slayton. So I wouldn't. Oh, sorry, tough, tough against Ramsey. But Cowboys after that, Washington, Philly, um, they has got Tampa, Washington again. And, um, you know, the, then he gets the Bengals and the Cardinals and the Browns, Seahawks. So the second half schedule for Darius Slayton opens up. And with no Barkley, I'm going to uh, I'm going to expect they lean on Slayton quite a bit in the, the, uh, in the second half, especially. So look out for Slayton on the waivers. Sure. Um, two is another guy.
0: Especially if you are in a two QB league and things of that sort, you may want to look at Danny Dimes. If someone drops him, I he, I mean he's been really bad lately. He's struggling right now without the run game and things of that sort. But if someone drops him, he may be someone you want to pick up. Just kind of stash. Um, he's gonna have plenty of volume. Uh, he's yep. he, he's yeah. You could stack him a slate. Right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> especially those up. easy matchups, for sure. Because I mean, he's throwing a ton. I believe he had almost 40, 30, 40 attempts last week.
1: Yeah, something like that. He was he, he chucked the ball quite a bit.
0: He had yeah. thirty-two this week. The week before, he had forty when Barkley went out. So I mean, he's getting plenty of plenty of opportunity to throw the ball. He has not really thrown touchdowns right now, but if he can kind of get a little bit of a rhythm going with these guys. There's very good possibility he could end up being a solid QB two, if not a back end QB two at least. Yeah, uh, and he can run a little bit too, right? He kind of gives right. you that safe floor. Yep, yeah, he, he he's gone for a couple yard, couple twenty yard games, thirty yard, thirty yard runs, things like that. So he's got definitely got a uh,
1: decent floor if he can if he can throw a touchdown or two here, and uh, could be a steal. Yeah, he's more he's definitely more elusive than Eli Manning. Oh, Um, for sure. Last name I want to bring up, and I'm going to victory lap this, even though he hasn't done anything. I have been calling for the Anthony Miller breakout. I Look, I understand he was playing with Trubisky. It, It was a stain on Anthony Miller, but the stain's gone. They used Clorox wipes, or they used, I don't know, Tide Pods. They ate Tide Pods. I don't know what they did with the Tide Pods, but Trubisky's gone. Nick Foles. Um, assuming Nick Foles gets all the work, Anthony Miller is going to be there for him um, in his career, Nick Foles has tar- done nothing but target the slot wide receivers Anthony Miller is uber talented he found him on a, I think a 40 yard or 30 yard game winning touchdown at the end of that Falcons game and that uh, would have been his
0: second touchdown that he was targeted yeah. on,
1: yeah exactly thank him, you, also. Jeff Kiss um, <laughs> yeah it was a second touchdown but they called him back on another one and I, he saw five targets. It's not great. He only had two receptions. It's not great, but it's coming. Like, stay patient. If Anthony Miller gets dropped, get him. Go get him for free on your waiver wire, and you will thank me later.
0: Yep. So I guess the the thing we should end with this is that obviously these they're not guys that you that you are uh, gonna go sought after, I guess. But if you if they're there and you have space and you and you can pick them up and stash them. They very well could be players that later on could end up winning new games or at least weeks or, or whatever it may be. But there's definitely talent there. There's definitely guys that could be could give you some production, just something to pay attention to.
1: Yep. One hundred percent. So is Tim off the show? Are we are we done with Tim? Yeah, I guess so. I think oh is my mic still well. on? Oh, I didn't realize my mic was still on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna love that. Oh, uh, he's too busy hanging out with his girlfriend. That's okay. Young love. No, I think he's helping the, the uh the parent and parent in law, so he's Oh, he's his...
1: getting he's getting the brownie points. Yep, yep, yep. Nice he's a little dirty nice. right now.
0: All the goes brown- yep. and going on. But Yeah, that's good. We love that. We love that. We love to see it. Very wholesome out of Tim. Yes, yes, yes. He's gotta do his boyfriend duties. As much as
1: we don't wanna hear it. That's well, okay
0: hopefully he's back next week or maybe later on this week, if we can pump out another one.
1: Yeah. And, that's you know. the plan for the listeners. We are, we are working on maybe a, setting up a little more routine schedule of being two times a week. If it was up to me, I think it would be four times a week and everybody would have to figure it out, but um, <laughs> no, two times a week, I think it's enough. Um, and we hopefully get there maybe in the off season, we'll figure out some new stuff, but, um, but yeah, be on the, be on the lookout.
0: For sure. Constantly working on stuff. Getting a better product for you guys. But that's
1: all, right. that is all I got. Yeah. Yep. Same here. I don't have anything to add other than Anthony Miller.
0: So, oh. Alright boys.
1: Thank you. Alright. See ya.